Welcome to I Need a Ruling, a golf podcast. My name is Doug Hoffman, and I am your host. I'm the Director of Rules and Competitions for the Minnesota Golf Association, a PGA Master Professional, and Certified Rules Expert, according to the USGA. If this is your first time to listen I Need a Ruling, I'm glad you found it and hope you find it beneficial and listen to other episodes. The purpose is to take the new and modernized rules of golf that were put into play in 2019 and break them down into simple, easy-to-understand episodes, each lasting no more than about 10 minutes. The rules can be difficult and confusing, so my belief is to provide more, shorter episodes, as opposed to longer episodes where you can become confused and overwhelmed and not want to continue your learning experience in the rules. This is the second of two Rules Primer episodes designed to get you ready for the 2020 golf season. In the previous episode, we dealt with seven of the 15 rules every golfer should know as identified by the USGA. This episode deals with the other eight. Even if the season has already started for you, we can all benefit from a review of the most common rules we should know. The first three rules we will discuss deal with taking relief. In general, the rules want, even expect us, to play the ball as it lies and the course as we find it. However, there are times we cannot do that. It may be because the ball is not able to be played, such as in deep water, under a bush, resting against the edge of the car path. Or it may be because the ball is in temporary water or ground under repair. No matter whether it requires us to add a penalty stroke or to take free relief, the rules require us to follow a process to get the ball back into play. So let's start with the simple and basic concept of dropping the ball. This is Rule 14.3. This brings us to one of the major changes that went into effect last year with the adoption of the new and modernized rules. When we drop a ball, it must be from knee height. This means simply holding a ball at the approximate height above the ground as your knee if you were simply standing up and letting go of it. Sounds straightforward, right? Yes, it is, but as simple as this seems, it has and can cause confusion. What is knee height? What constitutes the knee? Must I stand up or may I squat down? What about just simply tossing it onto the ground? These are all valid questions that require some reading. First, I will define knee height. Obviously, it will differ for each person, but essentially, this knee is considered from the top to the bottom of the kneecap. It is not from the middle of the kneecap or the joint specifically. In order to measure your knee height, you should stand upright and measure from the floor to the bottom of the kneecap and then to the top of the kneecap. This will give you the range within which you must drop the ball. In my case, my range is 19 to 23 inches. So what does that mean for me? It means that when I drop the ball, my hand must be in this 19 to 23 inch distance above the ground. That's it. Nothing more. No other conditions, requirements, or specifications. I simply have my hand 19 to 23 inches above the ground. But what if I'm standing on a slope where my feet are lower or higher than where my hand will be dropping the ball? It doesn't matter. My hand must be 19 to 23 inches above the ground. Period. Can I squat down? Yes, as long as my hand is 19 to 23 inches above the ground. Can I lie down while dropping it? Yes, as long as my hand is 19 to 23 inches above the ground. However, there are things you cannot do, such as spin the ball or toss the ball. Okay, so now we know the height from which the ball is to be dropped and how to drop it. But what about the area in which it must be dropped? 
This is where another major change can be found. In all but two specific cases, you must drop a ball within one club length of a specific spot. That area is now called the dropping area. It doesn't matter if it is a free drop or a penalty drop. The only two times where you will have up to two club lengths is for lateral relief from a penalty area and for an unplayable ball. Dropping under stroke and distance, one club length from the previous spot. Dropping for an embedded ball, one club length from a spot immediately behind the pitch mark. Dropping away from a cart path, one club length from the reference point, also called the nearest point of complete relief. But the ball must first land in this dropping area. If it does not, you will be penalized unless you correct it by dropping again. The reason dropping was moved down to knee height is to reduce the number of times a ball rolls out of the dropping area. However, the rule is still in place that requires us to redrop a ball that fails to come to rest in the dropping area. So not only must a ball land in the dropping area, it also must come to rest in the dropping area. If you play a ball that is not from within the dropping area, you will incur a two-stroke or loss of hole penalty for having played from a wrong place. Another rules change allows you to change your golf ball when dropping for any reason. So if your ball was scuffed when it hit the car path, you may replace it. The last rule I will mention with regard to dropping refers to taking relief from a penalty area, formerly a hazard. This is rule 17. You likely know that for a yellow penalty area, you have two options, stroke and distance and back on the line where you keep the point where the ball last crossed the edge of the penalty area between you and the hole. For a red penalty area, you have one more option, two club lengths from where the ball last crossed the edge of the penalty area. No longer may you go to the opposite margin. This option is gone, but few actually knew about it, so it's not a big change. The next set of rules I will mention deals with playing a ball. These are well-known and straightforward. Rule 18.2a tells us that we now have only three minutes in order to find a ball. This begins when we begin to look in earnest for the ball, that is, in the area in which we believe the ball is likely to be. After all, why would we start looking where we don't think the ball will be? If we don't find it in three minutes, it is lost. Which brings us to the next sort of rule, the lost ball or OB rule. Many players and some clubs have adopted this local rule. It is the one that allows you to drop the ball in the area where you believe it is lost or went out of bounds. However, this is a local rule only and not in play unless specifically stated. If you are interested in knowing more about this, please go to the USGA website and search Stroke and Distance Local Rule. New for 2019 was the Accidental Deflection Rule, Rule 11.1. That is, if your ball in motion is accidentally deflected, there is no penalty to you, even if the ball hits you, your equipment, your caddy, or your partner. That also includes a double hit. If you mistakenly hit the ball twice, it counts as just one shot with no penalty. However, in most cases, you will play the ball from where it came to rest. Also new is the prohibition to have someone assist you in lining up for a stroke, Rule 10.2b. Simply put, you cannot have a caddy or partner stand behind you on your intended line as you take your stance for the stroke. This became a real controversy at the professional level early in 2019 when some players had breaches that were costly. 
After some tweaks by the USGA and the RNA, the rule was modified so that a player can get out of the penalty simply by getting out of his stance and starting over without the caddy or partner behind the player. The last two changes to the rules the USGA thinks you should know deal with damaged clubs and yardage books. In the case of damaged clubs, the change is that you are not allowed to replace any club that becomes damaged during a round, no matter how it was damaged, as long as you caused the damage. However, there is a local rule that, if it has been adopted, may allow for the replacement of the damaged club. And lastly, now there is a prohibition to the size of yardage books, most specifically green reading materials. If you don't use one, then you have no issues. But if you are a tournament player and use these, be sure they meet the size limitations before starting your round. That concludes this episode of I Need a Ruling, a golf podcast. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode has been a good review of some of the more common rules changes from last year that you should know. You can find I Need a Ruling on many of your favorite podcast host sites, such as Anchor FM, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and others. Please follow me on Twitter and Facebook at I Need a Ruling, where you will get updates on future episodes. Until the next time, play well and have fun.